This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot Bioproven 40 OS. The nitrogen you need, now on seed. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. Whether you are the boss, an employee, or both, we all must deal with people. How you deal with people can have a huge impact on the profitability and productivity of your operation, no matter if you're a workforce of one or 1,000. Here are some tips to make the most of the situation. That's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, brought to you by Pivot Bio. If you pay for nitrogen, you want to make sure you get what you pay for. As a farmer, I want a predictable, productive, and weatherproof option, but that can be hard to find. You get that predictability with Pivot Bio Proven 40 OS, a reliable form of nitrogen delivered during the most critical growth periods. Pivot Bio products contain naturally occurring microbes that fix nitrogen from the air and provide it directly to corn plants all season long, so you know your plants are getting a reliable source of nitrogen when they need it. I'm using Proven 40 OS, and I hope you'll check it out as well. Visit pivotbio.com for more information. At one time in my life, I was the chairman of the Missouri Beef Industry Council. I'm still very involved in raising cattle, so this week's interview causes me a bit of heartburn as I promote a place that sells only chicken. That's okay, though, because the lessons we can learn about working better with people are important no matter what we do. Sydney Mason has a degree in ag education, and her dad coaches a collegiate rodeo team, so she knows agriculture. But some may say her position today is removed from the farm. I don't believe it is, because it is a part of the food industry, and the lessons she shares apply to all of us. She is the executive director of People for Chick-fil-A in Hutchinson, Kansas. And yes, that one location has its own director of People. That fact alone says a lot about how these restaurants have become recognized as some of the most profitable operations and best places to work. I know I learned a lot from this interview, and I think you will as well. Sydney Mason joins me, and Sydney is the executive director of People at Chick-fil-A in Hutchinson, Kansas. And Sydney, first of all, thank you for joining me. And, you know, some people will say executive director of People at Chick-fil-A. I didn't know that position <laughs> existed. We know Chick-fil-A is great at customer service. Just talk about what is the executive director of People. Sure. So my role at uh, my Chick-fil-A in Hutchinson, Kansas is is to really be responsible for the holistic development of, of our team. And so um, we kind of fluctuate seasonally between like 90 to 115 team members. And so there are people who work in, in this restaurant who are 14. And then there are people who work in this restaurant who are 65. Um, and so my job is to care for each of them well and care for each of them differently. Um, whether that means like helping them grow into the best, uh, breader, like the best chicken breader there is operationally or the best order taker in the drive through. So I focus on operations, but also it might look like, um, caring for them academically, like helping with things like math homework and biology lab reports. Um, or if they're athletes, I have a lot of athletes that work in my building. Like we focus on goal setting and, and we talk a lot about like visualization and mental toughness, things like that. And so those are, those are for my younger, younger team members for, 
Um, my other team members, you know, I, I ask a lot of questions about their family. I get to know their family. I know their kids when they come into the dining room, and that's a way that I can show care for them. Um, and, and I still teach things like goal setting and mental toughness and visualization. It just looks a little bit different for a high school kid than it would for, like, a professional adult, right? Um, and so in addition to caring for the holistic development and health of each person that works for us, I also – um, think that it's every single person's job who works at Chick-fil-A in Hutchinson to um, care for our guests. So um, we provide second mile service to every single guest who who comes through our drive through or visits us um, in the dining room or even orders through a third-party delivery app like DoorDash. And so my job is to care for them too. And if, if they have a uh, experience that's less than satisfactory, then it's my job to recover that guest and, and to make it right. So I've got to ask, I mean, people are listening to this and say executive director of people, and you just described what you do. There are much larger companies doing, I'm going to put in quotes, bigger things than serving chicken that don't do something like that. So they're going to ask, how can one location in Hutchinson invest in doing that? Obviously, they can and do it well. So how do you answer that when a lot of companies don't even think about this sometimes? Sure. Yeah, I think I think that that's fair. Um, but I think that like, first of all, like when I when I was looking to start my professional career, like I knew that I wanted to work for a brand that cares and like Chick-fil-A cares. Chick-fil-A cares a lot. Actually, like our, our corporate vision is to be the world's most caring company. And so if if you want to care for guests, if you want to care for the people who ultimately like buy your product and support your business, like you have to care for for the team that does it. Right, right. Well, you know, part of this interview is certainly talking about what you do at Chick-fil-A there, but also what can we take away for whatever we may do? Certainly a lot of us listening to this involved in some sort of agriculture, but many of us are also involved in all kinds of different businesses. So let me start with with workforce here for a moment. A good chunk of folks that work at Chick-fil-A are younger people, and we have all experienced going to places where younger people aren't always the best employees. But I am constantly amazed that some of, well, people of all ages, but many of your younger employees are highly skilled, very good at customer service. So are you starting with a better young person or are you training them up or how do you do it? I know that's a big question, but I'm very curious of how you make that happen. I think, I think first of all, like I am, I'm incredibly grateful for the phenomenal people who I sit down with at the interview table nearly every single day in my job. Um, like I think every single one of them has a story and we value that story. And so I can show just a little bit of kindness from the very beginning, right? When I sit down with a young person and I interview them and then I look for things that are normal, right? Like eye contact, like, can they carry a conversation? Well, am I, am I the host in the conversation or are they doing a little bit of hosting themselves too? Like, are they naturally curious? Do they smile big? Um, does it feel uncomfortable for them to interact or, or are they willing to? And to be honest with you, Andrew, like I will, I will hire a young person who is a little bit uncomfortable because in those interactions, because I, like, I truly believe like what better place for them to grow and to learn how to interact with people than a Chick-fil-A. And so I will say uh, pretty much the only training that my team gets when it comes to interacting with the guests is, Hey, you got to look them in the eye. You have to smile. You have to speak kindly. Um, and we always say my pleasure. And that's and that's the training that I give I give them. Um, and so we talk a lot about honor, dignity, and respect. 
in our restaurant. And I tell, tell every single team member that I expect guests to treat them with honor, dignity, and respect. And in return, like they must treat guests with honor, dignity, and respect. So we have that mutual expectation. Um, and that kind of takes the pressure off, right? When they know, oh, these people are going to be kind to me, so I should be kind to them too. You've mentioned the training several times. So is the training then something separate that takes place outside of my time that I'm working, you know, actually serving or, or working? Are you, you know, going to a training place and actually training on those things? Or how do you do that? Yeah, that's a great question too. So training um, starts the first day you join a team at Chick-fil-A and it never ends. I'm still in training. Um, I consider myself to still be in training because I learned something brand new about our business and I learned something brand new about our team every single day. Um, but training in our at our location in particular starts at orientation and we spend a lot of time digging into our core values. Um, so every single Chick-fil-A location has a different set of core values. And so my owner operator was super strategic in selecting um, five, five values um, that drive every single thing that we do in our business. And so as I train, um, mostly on the culture, right, because that's kind of what orientation is, is, is getting acclimated to the culture of the restaurant. Um, as I train on the culture, everything goes back to the values, um, as a team member grows and progresses at a restaurant, we tie everything back to the values, right? And then any disciplinary conversation I might have to have with the team member is immediately tied back to the values. And so I think that a foundation of um, like th these are the five things that we don't budge on. These are, well, it might be 10, it might be 20, whatever that looks like for your organization, right? Like these are the things that we think are important and every single thing we do is related to it. Like that's how training starts. And so for us, one of our values is excellence um, and excellence and stewardship, I think, are the two that drive like the training as far as technical training in our restaurant. Um, we say like we do hard things and we don't cut corners. And so team members know that that's an expectation right out of the gate. And then we also talk about stewardship and how we have a responsibility to take good care of the things that God has entrusted to us whether that's the materials we have to do our job or the people that we work with to do them. Um, and so like stewardship and excellence kind of give this higher expectation of performance when it comes to training. And then we do a lot of repetition. Um, so once they learn about excellence and stewardship and they're kind of given the tools to do their jobs, like we don't ever want a person to feel like they're like drowning, right? Like, cause Chick-fil-A is busy. And so, like, I'm sure you've seen the drive through line at lunchtime. Like, we serve a lot of guests quickly, and so it can be overwhelming for a person of any age. And so we have them as backup. Like, we have a team member with them until they feel confident and capable. Um, and we, we really talk about excellence a lot. Those are probably the two, like, cornerstones of our training program that, that kind of build those capable, confident young people. You have obviously high standards, and that's great. So I'm curious in a time since the pandemic when many other quick-serve restaurants have hiring signs up and are struggling to keep open or keep a dining room open, from what I can see, Chick-fil-A is always well-staffed. So I doubt it's just that you're you know way overpaying for employees. You're obviously doing something that makes people want to work there. So how, how do you continue to have such a great workforce with a high standard 
and are able to attract those employees in an industry in which it's very hard to attract those employees. Yeah, well, first, thank you, Andrew, like for, for saying those kind things about Chick-fil-A. Um, I, I think it's wonderful that that's the perception that you have of the brand. But I think that like staffing is a real concern and an issue, like not just in quick service, but in all kinds of, of industries. Right. We, we see that in, in agriculture, too. Um, but I think that what makes us different is is that care. I know I've said that 500 times. Um, as, as we visit, but I really do believe that my operator shows what care looks like. Um, like I, as a leader in the restaurant, show what care looks like. And so, like for us, it might be you know, like as a as a leader in the restaurant, like I I work in operations. I'm not afraid to grab an iPad and, and run out to the drive-through when the line is long to kind of the, relieve the team. Or I will I will put on a hairnet and wash my hands and throw on a pair of gloves and box some nuggets during peak peak time. Um, if someone calls in, like it's not uncommon for me to work in operations and my operator does that too. And our leaders are expected to do that as well. I think that people want to work here because we really genuinely do care. And it's just an awesome place to work. Like Chick-fil-A is, is trendy and fun. And people think of it as like the people who say my pleasure and the food is really good and it's always hot and it's fast and it's clean. People want to work in those environments. That's what makes us different is that because we have those high standards, people are attracted to the brand. And for that, like in my role, I'm so, so grateful. Well, is it fair to say, I'm sure that, yes, it's hard to sometimes find labor, but it seems like you're still finding good folks to work at Chick-fil-A. Is that right? Yeah, I, I agree. I think so. I'm a big fan of the ones that work here and the ones that apply. Right, right. So help me then apply this to whatever we may be doing, because some of us listening to this say, well, I only have one or two employees, or maybe I just have a handful, and oh, maybe it's a lot different than Chick-fil-A. But I'm betting you're going to tell me, well, hey, it's not that much different because these are still folks that you're working with. So help me then think through the process of how do I create a place that people want to work, even if I'm not the boss, maybe I'm part of the workforce. How do I create a place that is a place where people want to be. Yeah, I think I think as as a leader, so whether maybe you are like the owner of your business who's who's looking for high level leaders, I know my operator does this and she dreams with me commonly like sit down and think who who could do this and who could be excellent. Like who could care for people well? Who do I trust with with my business, with my team? Like who do I trust with this care? And whoever you come up with, go get them. The answer is not no until they tell you no. The answer is yes until they tell you no to your face, right? And so go get them. Like my operator recruited me straight out of out of school. I was getting my master's degree in a field completely unrelated to selling chicken. I have an ag education degree. I thought I was going to be a classroom ag teacher um, or work in communications or outreach or something in the agriculture sector. And my operator came and got me and said, Sydney, you can care for people well, like you make, you make good kids great, right? And so like, come do that for me at my chicken restaurant. And so I think that I've learned a ton um, about business and leadership and building a sound leadership team from her persistence and from her willingness to find, find me, you know? And so like, that's, that's, I think, a great model. So I think that that's my advice for leadership as far as creating an environment where people want to work. Just sit down and think about like where, like what's my ideal job? Like what does it feel like? What's a place where I will 
walk into work grinning and leave karate chop in the air. Like, what does that look like? And then, and then work to create that for, for the people that you work with. For us, it is, I spend probably 10 to 15 hours a week just in one-on-one meetings with high school kids talking about things like soccer and FFA or DECA or debate or whatever, basketball, football, whatever activity they're involved in, because I want to know them. When I know them, then it's much, much easier to care for them. And so as far as establishing that environment, like in your workplace, like really get to know the people that you work with. Do you know their family? Do you know what they're interested in? Do you know their background? Like in the context of my restaurant, like I know what these kids want to be when they grow up. My hope is they want to work at Chick-fil-A forever, right? And every single one of them will own a chicken restaurant one day. Um, but I know realistically that's that's probably not going to happen. So I just make an effort to know them. Some people would say, well, you're investing a lot of time in high school students and they're going to probably leave and go do other things. Many of them will. So how can you afford, in a sense, to train people and train them well just to have them leave at some point down down the road? Sure. Um, I think that it's important that I'm clear that not every Chick-fil-A location operates like mine does, right? Um, a lot of stores don't follow the staffing model that we follow. Um, but one of the reasons why I love this brand so much, again, and I know I've talked about this, is because of the autonomy that the corporate office gives to my operator and her purpose. Um, part of the reason why she is in this business is, is to really develop and love on and care for the people that God has given her um, to work in her business. And it just so happens that she is really, really good at connecting with young people. You've mentioned that certainly the owners of different locations are empowered to do certain things within their location. However, you go to a Chick-fil-A restaurant really across the country, and you tend to get a very good experience as far as customer service and the product and so forth. So how do you empower owners to do things at their location, but yet uh, still keep a standard that is good nationwide, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, I think we're still, like Chick-fil-A does a really wonderful job of that, but we're still working to be better every single day. They just they just pick people who, who care and who want to be excellent to be operators, too. One thing I noticed at many locations, and I'm interested if this was something specific to the owners of, of those locations or something that was more nationwide, is through the pandemic, we certainly saw more people beginning to go through drive throughs and in some cases, obviously, lobbies were closed. Chick-fil-A had already moved in this direction, but their ability to move large quantities of people through a drive through and bring most of those, uh, the team members out with the, the iPads or the computers and take orders and do all that was really phenomenal in a lot of locations. So was that something that you began to learn along the way when the pandemic began or how did that all evolve? I'm curious. Yeah, at our location in particular, um, we make it our goal to serve guests with unmatched joy and unmatched urgency. And during that orientation and then nearly consistently in team huddles almost every single day, I remind team members that urgency communicates great care. Because if we are quick, if we are like purposeful in the interactions that we have with guests, then they feel cared about because they can get a delicious, hot meal quickly 
um, and get back to their families or get back to a hobby that they enjoy or get back to, you know, whatever that may be. So when we can move people through quickly, they feel cared about. And so that urgency is connected to care. And I think when we communicate that with team members, they realize, oh, what I'm doing here is more than selling chicken because it truly is. It's about making a heartfelt connection. Obviously, like we create systems for things like urgency and and making sure that our orders are put together accurately and things like that. But um, it all comes down to care for us and, and just sharing that if we can if we can interact with guests with joy and, and serve them urgently, then they feel more cared about. And that's our job. I have noticed from my experience that if I go to Chick-fil-A, uh, perhaps my meal will cost slightly more than a, a competitor kind of in the same genre of, of restaurants. But would you tell me that in the end that the extra time spent on customer service and investing in that I mean, certainly it hasn't hurt profits. Chick-fil-A, one of the most, if not the most profitable uh, per location. So in the end, I'm guessing you're going to tell me it's worth it to invest in this. I think so. Like, I absolutely think so. I, as as a consumer, like independent of Chick-fil-A, like I know that I am more likely to spend a little bit more money if I am, if I enjoy the experience I have in addition to the products that I get. Right. So not only do we have remarkable food, Andrew, like not only is the food that we serve really, really good, but the people who serve it are remarkable, too. And the facilities we serve it in are also remarkable just because they are clean and they are kept up. You know, yeah, like people people are willing to pay a little bit more for for an awesome experience. And I will I will say now I know that you travel commonly and I know that your listeners are probably no stranger to travel, too, but. As we travel, like we see that our, our prices are competitive with other other quick service restaurants. And so it's, it's becoming to where like the service just comes along with the excellent value that you're getting for, for your food. To wind up, let's bring it back then to thinking about what we do even bigger than uh, just serving food here. We're talking about farming, agriculture, or a lot of things under that uh, umbrella of just hiring employees and having a good culture. Many of us say, well, I can't hire an executive director of people like Sidney Mason. So how do I make this happen? Are there ways that I can begin to implement these things in my own business if maybe I don't feel like I can hire that one person or maybe I feel like I don't have the skills to do that very well? How do I begin to make some of that happen? Absolutely. Provide opportunities for your team to get to know each other. Really, really get to know your team. If you're looking for hiring tips, Look for people who have traits that you want to see exhibited on the job. And I know that sounds so simple, but we, as a, as a leadership team in, in our restaurant, we read a book by Patrick uh, Lencioni, and it's called The Ideal Team Player. And he talks about how the ideal team player has three um, characteristics. They're humble, they're hungry, and they're smart. And after we read that book, I completely redesigned the the interview process for the restaurant based on humble, hungry, smart. And so I ask questions that help me uncover, okay, is this person humble? Can they serve with humility? Are they coachable? Um, For hungry, like I ask about things they're involved in because I want to know that these people are hungry for success. They want to be excellent. They are constantly looking for the next goal. And then for smart, like that doesn't mean that they're highly intelligent, even though I think the people that work for us are, that work at Chick-fil-A are, 
um, smart refers to emotional intelligence and like people smart. So can they interact with others well? Do they perceive emotions effectively? And so like I designed my interview process based on those three characteristics from that book. And so just figure out what your humble, hungry, smart looks like. And then ask strategic questions, like get to know the people that you're interviewing and then figure out, okay, like they meet these criteria. I think that they would be a good team member and then give it a shot. We are successful in hiring really awesome people based on that process. Sydney, I really appreciate the time. And I know you hope people either visit the uh, location in Hutchinson, Kansas, or you will soon be in Terre Haute, Indiana as well, correct? Right. That's correct. We are transitioning this summer and I will start this fall in in the store in Terre Haute. Great. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Remember, you can follow Farming the Countryside and our daily show, American Countryside, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Farming the Countryside or American Countryside. And remember, you can hear these shows in a variety of ways as well at farmingthecountryside.com, on many local radio stations, or your favorite podcast platform. If you miss one of our shows, just use those platforms to go back and catch other topics of interest as well. I appreciate you joining me. I'm Andrew McRae. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. This edition of Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot Bioproven 40 OS. The nitrogen you need, now on seed. Learn more at pivotbio.com.